Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. I hope you had a terrific Memorial Day weekend. We had a great celebration Sunday here, despite all the changes, despite uh, the way we had to communicate to change venues, but it was an awesome, awesome Sunday. 41 people took their step in baptism, and then 29 families dedicated their children. And we actually have a video that we're going to show at the end of this service that kind of recaps what happened last weekend. But none of that would be possible without you guys, uh, without your faithfulness, without your generosity, without your humility, uh, just inviting people. It was pretty awesome to see what God did last weekend. So if you're joining us for the first time uh, with our online campus, uh, hello to our online campus, or you're here in person, I do want to just tell you, you can relax. You don't have to introduce yourself. We're not going to ask you for anything. We're just glad that you've joined us. We're in a series right now called Pray. And what we've been doing over the past, well, five weeks, but four weeks in here is we've been talking about prayer, and we've been trying to learn as much as we can about prayer and different aspects of prayer. And what we've learned is we have to have prayer as a consistent part of our life. If we have a relationship with Christ, and I know not everybody does, but that has to be a regular part of our life. It's what takes the focus off of us, and it puts the focus onto God. And and so that consistency and that persistency in our prayer is key. And then uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at the passage in Philippians where God doesn't want us to worry about things. Even though we're big worriers, we try to worry and control everything. God says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. And we're to tell God exactly what it is that we need, and then we're to thank Him for what He's done for us. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how do we pray those prayers that we need that breakthrough, right? That if God doesn't come through, if He doesn't do a miracle, if He doesn't show up, then I'm in serious trouble, or, or this situation is not going to change. And we learned a lot of those, uh, a lot of those types of prayers. Our faith is key. Our faith that God is going to hear us. Our faith that God is going to answer us. And then we thank Him in advance for what He's going to do in our lives. So, really, we've been learning a lot. I think about prayer. I know it's been good for me. I hope it's been good. For you, but when you go back into the New Testament and you look, we're not the only ones that have learned how to pray from the Lord. As a matter of fact, the disciples, they approached Jesus one day, and that's exactly what they asked him, hey, teach us how to pray. And that's the first passage we're going to look at today. If you're following along with our notes, they're on the Church Center app. You can scan the QR code in your seat, or you can simply uh, use that piece of paper you're given on the way in. But Luke chapter 11, verse 1, starts off like this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, let's just stop right there for a minute. That's a pretty amazing thing that the disciples asked Jesus for. They could have asked him for anything. Hey, teach us how to be rich. Teach us how to be wealthy. Teach us how to perform miracles or or teach us how to heal people. 
Teach us how to have great influence in society and, and get people to follow us. No, that's not what they asked. They said, teach us to pray. And the reason that they asked Jesus that is because the disciples knew that was going to be their connection all the time to the Lord. They knew the power of prayer. And so they wanted to learn how to pray. And the same thing is true for us today. If we pray a lot, if we pray consistently, we're going to gain a lot of God's power. We're going to realize just how powerful God is. And that's why we say this is key to our relationship. But let's just be real for a minute. If we were honest with ourselves today, a lot of us don't feel confident in prayer. That's why we're doing this series, right? We don't feel completely confident when we pray, or we don't feel comfortable in our prayers. A lot of times we'll say, well, I don't know, I don't know if I should even pray this. I don't know if I should be asking this, or I don't know how long my prayer should be, or, or how short my prayer should be, or I don't know how to pray, or, or, or I don't even know if this stuff works. For most of us, we don't have a lot of confidence when we do pray. And, and a lot of us, we're not even comfortable when we pray. If you want to test out this theory, the next time you have a family gathering, just call on somebody randomly to pray, and they're not going to be completely comfortable, right? So my hope today is by the time we leave is that we have more confidence in our prayers. We're more comfortable when we pray knowing that God hears us. So right after uh, the disciples ask this, you know, teach us how to pray, Jesus says this in Luke 11, 2. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Jesus is essentially telling them, hey, refer to God as your father. First and foremost, just understand that God is your father when you're learning how to pray. And this would have been so foreign to the disciples when Jesus said this, because they did not call God father at that point, right? That was the furthest thing from their mind on what to call God. They had many different names for God. The preferred name was Yahweh, right? But they certainly wouldn't have called him father. So Jesus starting out teaching them how to pray and telling them, you know, father, may your name be holy, it would have opened up their eyes to how to view God. It would have enhanced their view of who God was. Wait a minute, I can think of God as my father, as my heavenly father, and I think it would have removed a lot of their insecurities when it comes to praying. It would have opened the door, in other words, for their prayers to be more personal. Oh, okay, I'm praying to my heavenly father. I'm not praying to, you know, this impersonable God, this, this Yahweh, I can think of him as my heavenly father. And really what Jesus was trying to say, it's not about the words, right? It's not about what we pray or how we word it. It's about the relationship. Think about it like your relationship with an earthly mother or an earthly father, only much, much deeper. Because our relationship with our heavenly father it's supposed to be intimate, right? It's supposed to be a deep connection. It's supposed to be loving. It's supposed to be 
you know, free-flowing, you know, kind of casual, no barriers between us and God. That's what Jesus was trying to, to paint this picture for him. You know, just approach God as your heavenly Father. Now, now, those of you that have kids, they don't wonder when they need something from you how to approach you or, or how to ask you. It's like, oh, I wonder how I should, you know, approach mother today or or what should I call father, you know, when I ask him this today? No, they just come to you and they say, hey, this is what's on my mind. This is what I need. And that's kind of how God wants us to approach him. He's not, you know, this distant force that we can't talk to. He wants us to see him as this fatherly role. And that's why God said, I want you to call me father. And then Jesus uses this term a lot in the New Testament, Abba which means father. It, it, it's a close Aramaic word for father. That's what it means, a personal relationship. Now, some of you, you can't get past the band Abba from the 70s, right? And so here's what's going to happen, because I've put that in your mind. This afternoon, you're going to have one of Abba's songs, or Abba, whatever you call them, stuck in your head for the rest of the afternoon, so you can thank me in advance for that. But when Jesus used the word Abba, he meant a loving word. It represented a close, personal, intimate relationship, and that's what people called their father. And so when he referred to God as this, they started to get this. Okay, I can think of God as my father. So learning number one, you can write this down. We can approach God as our loving father. First and foremost, when we're starting to pray, learning how to pray, we need to approach God as our loving Father. And guess what? He welcomes us as one of his children, his loving children. Now, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. For some of you right now, this is very difficult. And I sympathize with you because to think of the term Father for God, maybe that's a negative term for you. Maybe you didn't have a great relationship or you don't have a great relationship with your earthly father. Maybe your earthly father, you know, was very demanding. You could never meet your dad's expectations. Or maybe uh, your dad was uh, absent from your life. He wasn't even present in your life. So to think of God as a father, you, you, you think about your earthly father in it's not good for you. Maybe your dad was abusive or whatever. As hard as it's going to be for you, and I sympathize with you, I really do, try not to paint God with that same brush as your earthly father, right? And I know it's going to be difficult, but God, our heavenly father, is totally unlike any earthly father ever, right? And listen, there's some good dads out there. I, had a, I have a good dad. You know, hopefully some of you had a good dad, but every dad on this earth is imperfect, right? Every father is extremely flawed. Some of us are more flawed than others, but we make mistakes all the time. We're sinful people. Our heavenly father, however, is not like that. So that's why we shouldn't paint him with the same brush. Our heavenly father is perfect in every way. 
And maybe your earthly dad, you know, was loved conditionally, and it's very hard for us as humans to love unconditionally. In other words, you did something well, and he loved you, and the next day he was disappointed with you or, you know, wasn't happy with you. God's not like that. His love is unconditional. It means he loves us today and tomorrow. There's nothing we can do to make him love us any more or less. We can't, you know, disappoint him, and, and then all of a sudden he withdraws that love. Maybe your dad was inconsistent in your life. Our Heavenly Father is always consistent. So as we dive in, I want you to think of your Heavenly Father different maybe than your earthly father. And we're going to look at a few passages of Scripture in the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus taught a lot in there about prayer. And I think from this passage, we can pick up a lot of confidence in our prayers. We can become more comfortable when we pray. And it's in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. And Jesus says this, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Keep on. In other words, you don't just ask once. This is that persistence in prayer we've been talking about for weeks. And then he says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Then he goes into this and talking to the parents. He says, you parents, if your child asks for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him. And then he says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. I love how that starts out. It's an amazing promise to all of us. He promises to answer us if we keep asking. He promises to answer if we keep seeking and keep knocking. And the story here, what Jesus is telling them, the people, is when we're close to God, our Father, we can just go to Him and ask. We can ask Him whatever. It's kind of like a kid going to ask their dad something. They don't have to wonder. They can just go ask, right? Kid's in the living room. Dad's in the basement. Kid's 12 years old, and he needs something from his dad. So he goes downstairs, and he says, hey, Dad, I need to borrow the welder, right? Or whatever. I'm going to use the chop saw. I'm 12 years old. Probably not a good example. But he's not wondering, how should I approach dad? He doesn't call his dad's assistant and set up a meeting, right? He doesn't email. He just goes and says, hey, this is what I need. That's what God wants us to do. Just come and ask. So learning number two, when we're close to God, we simply ask him for what we need. That's the first part of that verse, just ask. But then he says, seek, keep on seeking. I think sometimes we feel distance from God, maybe because of something we've done or or we haven't done or we haven't been as faithful as we could, and so we have to seek him, right? We need to pursue him. We've gotten a little out of pattern. He's still there. Doesn't matter how far we've strayed or, or what we've done, he's still there. He says, come, seek me. 
you've walked away a little bit, come seek me. I want you to ask. I want to talk to you. That's why we talked about it's so important to have God's Word in our lives, right? We get it through, like today, coming to church, or when we have a daily devotional, or we read the Bible ourselves, or we're in a group. Group signups are going on right now. You need to get in a group. That's how we learn God's Word. But we're pursuing Him when we're getting God's Word in our life, right? We're seeking Him. And we can ask when we're seeking. We can ask when we're close. It doesn't matter. But then he says, knock. You know, it's like your boss is in their office and the door's closed. And and there is an emergency on the production floor. Or, you know, something has to go out right now and it has to be approved by the boss. But you need to talk to your boss. What do you do? You go to the door and you knock. And your your boss is going to respond. They may say, hey, open chain, I'm busy, you know, come back in five minutes, or they're going to say, come on in. You know, I'll talk to you right now. God's saying, no matter what is going on in your life, even if you think you've put a barrier up between me and you because of a sin in your life or whatever's going on, knock. I'm here. I want to talk to you. The point is, and the point I'm trying to make is, it doesn't matter how far we are from God or how close we are to God, We can go to him anytime, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter how many barriers we've put up or how far away we feel. He just wants us to come to him and ask. And a lot of times we'll, you know, we guilt trip ourselves and we think, well, I can't go to God and ask in this. I haven't been to church or or I did this or I haven't uh, done that. No, that's not what God says. He says, ask. He says, seek. And he says, knock. There's no stipulations. Well, you've got to, you know, you got to be really faithful and you've you got to memorize 12 verses before you can come pray. No, we just got to come to him. We're never a bother to God. And that verse says, we can ask for it. Sounds like we can ask for anything, right? Well, that's pretty cool. But here's the thing: doesn't mean he's going to give it to you. Right? Doesn't mean God's always going to say yes. But what we can learn from this passage is we can ask, and God's not going to give us something that's not helpful to us. He's not going to give us something that's going to be hurtful to us or harmful to us. So we should have more confidence in our prayer knowing, hey, God's not going to do anything to send me down the wrong path or to lead me astray. Even when we don't know exactly what to pray, we can have confidence knowing God is going to give us something that's going to help us, not hurt us. Because he said in Matthew 7, 9, he said, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? No. And we wouldn't do that for our kids. Your kids come and ask you something, you're like, I'm going to set them up. I'm going to hurt them with the answer I give. No, we want to help them. He's not going to give us something bad in our life. Why? Because he's a loving father. He's a loving heavenly father, and he cares about us. And listen, he knows better what we need in our life than we do, right? We can pray for something and think, oh, I need this. He knows better. Just like you folks that are parents or grandparents, do you know better than your kids what they need in their life at this age and stage? Yes. Your kid may want to eat. Uh, you know, licorice for breakfast, but you know, this isn't good. Or Aloha Eddie, uh, uh, you know, ice cream. The, the church doesn't know better, but right? 
We know better than our kids at certain ages and stages. We need to understand God knows what's best for us as his loving child. When we go to ask him for something and we can have confidence, he's not going to give us something that's going to hurt us. So if we ask for something good, he's not going to give us something bad. But if we ask for something bad or something that's sinful or something that's going to harm us, he's not going to give us that either. Again, because he's not going to give us anything that's bad because he loves us. So warning number three, God will never give me anything that is unhelpful or detrimental to me. A lot of times we feel unconfident in our prayers because I think we think, I can't pray this or I shouldn't pray this. God will work all that out. You just go ask. That should be a big stress reliever when it comes to prayer, right? I can just pray this and God's going to give me what's best in my life. He knows better than I do. It's like last week, when it, whatever day it was, Tuesday or Wednesday leading into Memorial Day weekend, the week before last. And, and I was stressed out when I found out that, okay, we can't do it at Bissett Park. Too many people signed up. It's too many people to take down there. Uh, I didn't know what to do. And so I talked to somebody at Randolph Park. I thought, well, let's move this thing to Randolph Park. You know, they've got a pool we can do the baptisms there. They got plenty of parking. They got shelters. And, and the administration there is awesome. They're like, yeah, we'll make some exceptions. We have to do this and do that. But yeah, you can have it here. And so I prayed about it. And I felt like immediately God gave me a no. Just move it to the church. I'm like, well, that's not the best way to do it because we can't be outside. Okay. And then what happened at Randolph Park? which we need to be in prayer for those folks. That was terrible. Their, their, their pool building burned down. Their offices built, uh, burned down. We'd have had to move it again. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, wow, God, you are amazing. You gave us as a church family and for these people getting baptized and these families dedicating their children, you gave us what was best for us. Even though we thought this would be best, you did what was best for us. And he does that all the time. So we don't have to worry, is this appropriate? Is this what I should ask? Should I not ask this? Because he's going to work all that out. And another reason we can pray with confidence too is, is the last part of that passage. God wants us to do for others what we desire of ourselves. That's referred to as the golden rule. A lot of you didn't even know the golden rule was in the Bible. You just were taught that growing up. That's the golden rule. He said, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And, and you may think, well, that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with prayer, but it actually does. You know, we've always thought of this as our actions and our words and our behavior towards others. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do for others what you want them to do for you, which is 100% accurate. But why can't we expand that to prayer? Because Jesus it's teaching on prayer, and he immediately launches into the golden rule. Why couldn't we just apply that to our prayer life? In other words, pray for others what you're praying in your own life. You're praying for something in your life, just pray that for somebody else. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, hey, would you pray for me? But then they never tell you what to pray for. And you're like, uh, okay. Okay. You know, but you don't know what to pray for because they didn't tell you, or they say, oh, I got an unspoken request. Would you pray that? Well, now you don't have to worry about what to pray. 
Whatever you're praying in your life, pray that for the other person. You, you want good health in your life or healing in your life, pray that for the other person. You want stability and security in your life, you know, or you want your marriage to be improved, pray that for other people. It's simply the golden rule when it comes to praying. And the whole point is this, it's learning number four. Whatever we pray in our own lives, we can also pray for others. Remember the story of Job? We've talked about that for a couple of weeks and how Job lost everything. And when he started praying for his friends, God restored everything double into Job's life. The whole point of that story was don't be selfish and don't be selfish in your prayers. So we should never draw a blank when we're praying for somebody else about what to pray for, because we can always pray for what we're asking God to do in our own life. Maybe before today, you haven't had confidence in your prayers. You haven't been comfortable when you pray. No, God wants you to call him Father, Heavenly Father. And he wants you to ask, he wants you to seek, he wants you to knock. He wants you to ask anything. And he's going to hear us, and he's going to answer us. And we can have confidence knowing he's not going to give me anything that's going to be bad. He's not going to give me anything that's harmful to my life. He's just like a loving parent, and he simply wants to hear from us. Let's pray together. God, To be your children is amazing for us to think about. Lord, that we can have a close relationship with you, an intimate relationship, and we don't have to constantly wonder if we can ask this, if we can't ask this, if you hear us, if you don't hear us, Lord, that you're there. That's why you told us three different ways we're to ask, we're to seek, we're to knock. We're to bring everything to you. And God, we can have confidence knowing that you're not going to give us something bad or harmful to us, just like we would never do anything like that to our own children. God, help us this week to have more confidence when we pray and to be more comfortable talking to you, knowing that you want to talk to us. Maybe you're here, you're at home, as we're praying, and, and you don't have that close relationship with God because you've never had a relationship with his son, Jesus. The reason God sent Jesus to this earth was to show us exactly what he's like. And so Jesus is a perfect picture of who our heavenly father is. And Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin, that sin that separates us from God. God can't tolerate sin. He can't be in his presence, so he sent Jesus to pay for our sins, but we have to choose that. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life and, and received the gift of forgiveness and received the gift of eternal life. I want to encourage you to do that today. Just open your heart to him and just pray to him. You don't have to pray out loud to say, Jesus, I want forgiveness of my sins. I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to start that close personal relationship with you today. And if you open your heart to him, he will come in and he will save you and he will change you. Those of you that are already following Christ, just 
Just pray to God and tell him you're going to come to him about everything. You're going to have more confidence knowing that he hears you and that he's going to understand you. And that he does know better than we do. Lord, thank you that you hear us when we pray. Thank you that you love us. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, Aloha Eddie is here uh, with shaved ice for all of our kids. And if you want one as a parent, help yourself. We're celebrating Move Up Sunday for those kids that are going into the elementary classes or going into uh, the middle school classes. So make sure you go outside and enjoy that. But thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a terrific rest of your day and a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.